0: So welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life. Mm. And I, this morning I was uh, inspired to create a new series called How to Become a Better Lover. Um, And we're going to do, I don't know how many are going to be in the series. Um, So we're going to start with chapter one. And before I get into our juicy conversation, for all of you who don't know me, I'm Guy Morissette. I'm a holistic sexual wellness specialist, and I believe the keys to a happy, healthy, wealthy, epic, orgasmic life is embracing the human experience, letting go of fear, shame, guilt, and self-loathing, and embracing sexual wellness. I make sex better I make pleasure safe and I help people take their lives to the next level. And I do this through speaking training and coaching. All right, let's get into chapter one, chapter one, know thyself. So one of the things that people come talk to me all the time is they want to know how to be better in bed, how to be a better lover. How to, you know, help their, their lover scream like a banshee. Um, so everybody kind of, that's kind of the gist of why a lot of people come see me, is how to improve their sex life. And I find that I always end up starting with know thyself. So chapter one, know thyself. You cannot be a rock star or a superhero in the bedroom. If you don't know who you are, what you like, how to communicate and ask for what you need, it's just not possible. There's no way to really be good and bad if you don't know who you are. So that's why we're going to start here. We're going to start with masturbation. woo Or as I like to call it, whacking off, or rum one out, or you know choking the chicken, or uh, you know petting the beaver, or you know what's a what's another good one? Um, yeah, those are all that came to the front of my mind. And when we learn to have a hot, wild, crazy sex life with ourselves, then we can co-create some hot, sexy, wild sex with other people. So a lot of us have been taught that either A, masturbation is dirty, wrong, or bad, or we've been taught that um, if you, you only masturbate if you can't get quote-unquote real sex, so sex with somebody else, it's a it's a replacement for for that sexual gratification. Hold on, my nose had to have a little orgasm, ejaculated. <laughs> All right, talking about ejaculation. <laughs> Let's go back to masturbation. Woo! So we've been taught that masturbation is either bad wrong or dirty or we only do it because it's the it's a it's less than it's it's worth less than it's it's less important than it's not as good as having sex with somebody else and part of that is because we don't actually have a good sex life with ourselves that's why it doesn't feel as good as when we have sex with other people is because we don't actually enjoy taking the time to get to know what we like and giving ourselves what we need and what we desire and what we want. It's kind of like get in, get out. Don't mess my hair hairdo. That's that's the whole concept. That's the whole philosophy of how we move with masturbation. You know, um, we typically use masturbation not just for um, uh, you know, orgasmic release, but we also use it as a stress relief and a stress aid. Uh, we do, we, we, we allow ourselves to, um, you know, sometimes we feel bad and dirty and wrong. We use it, you know, we use it in all, all sorts of different capacities, but just having a wild, crazy sex life with ourselves and finding out who we are and why we want and figuring out who we are and what we like and what we desire that's something that is very foreign like when I talk to my clients and I talk to my students um, and I start this concept they kind of look at me like what Gaia what are you talking about no what do you mean I can have a hot wild crazy sex life with myself so if you're like ah uh, what are you talking about don't worry you're not alone. This is why we're going to have, this is why we're having this conversation today, right? If you want to be kick ass in bed, you want to be like the superstar, the, the, the rock star, not only sexually for a sexual experience for yourself, but also for your partner, it starts with you. Okay. So super important. The other beautiful thing about self-exploration, whacking off, masturbation, self-pleasure, making love to yourself, whatever language resonates with you, um, is that it's a safe environment for you to do your exploration and to learn about what it is that you desire and you need and that you want without any external influences. So that's super, super important, okay? Um, otherwise what ends up happening is that there's a lot of pressure when we are in relationship and having sex with other people and there's a lot of external stuff. So we aren't necessarily truly feeling safe or comfortable to do some exploration. So that's the other benefit of, of, um, having a sexual relationship with yourself. It also is a safe space for us to test out the waters of our natural, we all have sexual development, right? There's a natural evolution of sexual development. And when we allow ourselves to have a sex life with ourselves, because that's typically what happens, unless there's been interference or trauma and things like that, typically our first sexual experiences tend to be with ourselves, by ourselves. And so in that sexual experience with yourself, this amazing thing starts to happen, is you get to build, and I call it your spank bank, your which means your spank bank is your Rolodex of fantasies that happen to be running through your brain. And these fantasies can be, uh this is your opportunity to explore all possibilities because when we explore it in our mind, in our fantasy realm, we start to test out the waters do we like it? What part of it do we like? What sensations do we enjoy? Is that something that we might want to actually turn into reality or is it just fun to think about and masturbate to? Is this something that I want to share with my partner or partners or is it something that I want to keep to myself? All of these things happen and that happens within our spank bank, our Rolodex of our fantasy. It's important that our mind is one of the hottest, sexiest organs in our body. And not only that, but when we exercise our our imagination, our fantasies, or we build our spank bank, what ends up happening is we're expanding and exercising our creativity, our imagination, our ability to creative problem solve. As we get older, this is kind of the realm in which we do our imagination play when we're kids we do our imagination play by you know building forts and you know doing role play in the way that you know you know you're playing out you know games and these kinds of things and what happens is the reason why we need our imagination is so that it helps us with all those other areas creativity creative problem solving being able to adapt to new situations like all of these things so when we become an adult the way that we can do that play so basically, sexuality is just an extension of that play, and so we want to use our fantasies as a great playground, our adult playground, for expanding our imagination capacity. Right. So, how do you start with your spanking? So, there's a couple different things that are really important. Um, one. And actually, before I do that, I want to just draw, I'm going to jump into some about how do we have a healthy relationship with porn and pornography and how that relates back to our ability to have a really active and a comprehensive spank bank. So one of the things that happens, like I am pro porn. I don't have anything, I don't have any problems with pornography. However, there are some components of pornography that need to be addressed and looked at. One, when we look at porn that is not based in reality, meaning the bodies don't look what normal bodies look like, um, the sex acts aren't actually what sex actually looks like, this actually distorts our perception of what sex can be, and it distorts our Um, our neural pathways around our sexual response and our ability to have orgasms when we engage in real sex with real people. So, This is one of the problems. And this is also, plus there's all a bunch of stuff around porn addiction where, you know, you can't actually have true intimacy with another human, like a real human being because of porn addiction. And there's a whole bunch of dysfunction stuff that can happen from um, pornography, not just on an emotional level, but a psychological level and a biochemical level. So if you're struggling with porn addiction, meaning that You can't seem to function without watching porn, and it's the only way that you get aroused is through watching porn. Um, You might want to come and hang out with me so that we can kind of do some rewiring of that so that you can learn to have a better relationship with with your body, with sex, with sexuality, with pornography, all these kind of things. Okay. So I just needed to say that. So how do we create a really comprehensive fantasy life with our spank bank? well we can use pornography but i recommend that we only we switch over from visual stimulation of porn to switching into stories sex stories erotic stories whatever it is whatever genre that you know speaks to you and the reason that i say we switch over to the reading component is because what that does is it stimulates your imagination which allows you to put yourself in that story, in that scene, what, whatever character you decide that you want to play out in that particular story. And it allows you to start to be like, oh, well that kind of genre came, gave me like my breath got rapid. I started, you know, breathing heavy, um, you know, my voice octave changed. Um, my genitals started to throb. It's like, oh, okay. So there's something about that story that I find arousing. And so you, you add that to your spank bank. And then that part of the story that really got you turned on, you then add, start playing around with new scenarios in your imagination while you're masturbating. And this is how we start to expand and grow and develop our spank bank. Okay, Um, so very important. The next thing I want to talk to you about the benefits of why you want to know thyself so you can share with others (laughs) is by awakening one of the key problems in making, okay, so And I'm going to, I, and if this relates to you, there's no judgment here. Okay. So I really, I don't want you to hear any judgment in what I'm saying. I want to say it real and honest so that you can understand the importance of why I'm talking about doing this stuff for yourself so that you can show up in the bedroom with your partner or partners in a different way. Okay. So there's two main things that make somebody bad in bed. No, there's three actually. One not good personal hygiene that's important two um is not being a dead fuck okay end of story i'm not communicating not making nonverbal either body responses sounds moans um you know, apart none. There's there. You know, you're you have no body response to sensations and touch and experiences, and you give no feedback, nonverbal feedback. Okay, that is really, really, really important. So, being able to make sex sounds, of pleasure sounds, mmm and ah, uh, yes. Even me making those sounds just turned me on. Actually, <laughs> my nipples just got erect. <laughs> My body's like, yeah, maybe. Right. So the sounds themselves are have a lot of energy and carry a lot of energy. Plus, it allows your lover to know what you are enjoying. Plus, your lover then gets to feed off of your sexual arousal, which then gives them more encouragement to whatever they're doing. And then you can feed off of their sex sounds. And so that's really important. The second part of that is being able to have your whole body alive and awake. So most people kind of have like two places that they really allow themselves to um, actually a- allow themselves to have pleasure sensations. And yet the whole body is one giant heterogeneous zones. They're horogenous zones all over your body. And a horogenous zone is a cluster of nerve endings that are close to the surface of the skin that can give you an, org. If, if enough stimulation happens, enough pleasure happens and builds an orgasmic release can happen. Okay. so you want to be able to have your lover lick your knee and you have an orgasmic response from that, or lick your neck and have a touch your neck and have an orgasmic response from it, or you know, the back of your knees or um, your, um, you know, um, I will put, I have an article, by the way, I have an article on my on my blog at succulentliving.com that talks about all the different homogenous zones, where they are, how to stimulate them, how to wake them up. Okay. So go visit my, uh, you know, my blog to get that article, to get all the juicy details around that. Okay. But when we awaken in order for us to allow ourselves permission to become aroused by being able to have an elbow orgasm or a knee orgasm or a toe gasm, um, we need to create those new neural pathways. Because right now, most of us have two areas of our bodies that are acceptable. Some of us have a third, which is around the neck, all right? The ears and the neck, the breasts, the nipples area, and the genital area. That's basically, in a nutshell, majority of us, that's it. That's it. That's, it. that's all. And yet your whole body has all this potential to have not only just receiving pleasure, but also to have an orgasmic release from that pleasure. Okay, so it's well worth waking up your whole body because when you wake up your whole body, then your lover can have more fun. You, one, you can have way more fun in the receiving possibility. Plus, you also, your lover can be like, This is so much fun. I touch you there, you have a pleasure response. I touch you there, you have pleasure response. I touch you there. It's like a wind up toy that's so much fun to play with. Versus a lover who's just laying there, not saying anything, not moaning, not having any response. It's like, it creates anxiety, stress, performance anxiety, all sorts of things start to happen. And when I say this, by the way, and it's really important that everybody who's watching it, I mean all genders, by the way, and including non-binary, that this goes for anybody. No one wants to have sex with a starfish who just lays there and are like, are you even alive or awake? Okay. That's not fun. That's not sexy. It doesn't matter who the person is. Okay. Important to understand that. So sounds, how do we make, how do we practice making sounds? So, okay. We, you go, you're going to go read my Herogenous Zone article and it's going to teach you how to wake up all your Herogenous Zones, where they are and explore that. And you're going to add that to your, your repertoire of self-exploration. Okay, when you're when you're having your self love time, whacking off time, exploration time, whatever you want to call it, masturbation time, you're gonna do some stuff to stimulate all of those parts so that they become alive and awake, which will make you better in bed. Um, sounds. How do we make sounds? How do we practice our sex sounds? Well, one, when you're when you're having sex with yourself and you're masturbating, make moaning sounds when you're about ready to have your orgasm. Hmm and ah. Uh, Again, every time I make those sounds my body's like "Yay! are we gonna party <laughs> I did mention them really easy right <laughs> all right so practicing moaning when you're not in sex place but you're in pleasure place so when you're eating food is a great time to start practicing your moaning practice it you eat something delicious and you're like mmm Practice that. The sun, you you know, you feel the sun on your skin, you're like, mmm, it's a hot, sticky day, and the wind comes along and bl- the breathe you're like, mmm. So all of those little sensory pleasure moments that you have all through the day, allow yourself to moan. This will be a great way of practicing so that when you actually are in sex mode and arousal mode and you're engaging, that you'll be able to ex- allow that sound to escape. Okay. All right. The last thing I want to talk to you about is orgasmic pattern. So first of all, let's talk about what I use the word orgasm. What is what is an orgasm? So an orgasm is a building of pleasure. Pleasure builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, and an orgasm is a release. It's like a, the byproduct of so much pleasure being built that your body has a release and that release can take many shapes forms intensities experiences it can happen in your elbow it can happen in your nose it can happen in your genitals it can happen in your nipples it can happen it can happen from no, no sensation in your body at all just there's so much pleasure going on in your body that you have like a little heart gasm like there's so many different ways that you can express the the byproduct of so much pleasure that it happens in an orgasmic release. So that's what actually orgasm is. There's different types, different levels, different intensities, what different, happens in different parts of our bodies happens. And so I think it's important that we move from this concept and we let go of this concept that orgasm happens at the genitals and the genitals only. And, um, and then for anybody who's the owner of the penis, um, that orgasm has to include ejaculation. Ejaculation and orgasm are two separate things. They happen simultaneously, but it doesn't, they're not the same thing. So when I talk about an orgasmic release, I'm not talking about ejaculation. Ejaculation can be fun and ejaculation is awesome. And I love ejaculation, but that's not what we're talking about when I say an orgasmic release. Okay. So kind of, that's a really hard one to get your head around for all the owners of the penises. (laughs) It's like, what, what is she talking about? Right. Is that you too can have multiple orgasmic experiences in your body. That doesn't mean multiple ejaculations. Okay. So, and we'll do more talk, I'll do lots more talking about what that looks like and what that means and how to go about doing that in another in another episode. So pay attention for look out for that one. Okay. All right. So right now you have an orgasmic pattern. And an orgasmic pattern is the, when, we're, when we're talking about it. So I just talked about all the different ways orgasm can happen. But the very first time you ever had usually a genital orgasm, What that did is it created a neural pathway in your brain that said, this is what an orgasm happens and this is how it happens. So your body, your body will be the same. Your breathing will stay the same. The location will be relatively the same. The things that you think about will be pretty much the same. It's a pattern that is created. And that neural pathway is really strong because each time you go to have an orgasm, you typically repeat that pattern. Now. If you only have one pattern, what that does is that it makes it really hard for your lover or lovers to help you achieve that pattern because you only have one way of doing it. And so the idea is is that you want to open up to all sorts of orgasmic possibilities, meaning that we have to interrupt and change your orgasmic patterning. And it's really important there's frustration that's going to happen because you know how to do it in a certain way. You know how to, you know, tilt your neck, squeeze your butt, tighten up your muscles, be whatever position you're doing, make the same face. You know how to make that happen. But the problem is, is that you're not allowing all the orgasmic possibilities and you're not allowing your partner and when you're having partner sex, to actually give you more pleasure possibilities than what you already know, which doesn't make you good in bed because it's really, you know, it doesn't allow for exploration and, and freedom and adventuring. It doesn't create any of that space. It's like, okay, this is what works and this is how we're going to do it and this is how we're always going to do it. That creates um, boring sex. Because what happens is in the brain, in order for us to be excited, like truly excited and anticipation and create the biochemicals that our body needs to have, our dopamine, all that kind of stuff, it needs to be exciting and new and diversity and variety. And this is what helps with our libido and our arousal levels and all sorts of stuff. So if you're always doing it the same way, what ends up happening is that you end up having crappy sex because the person who you're having sex with doesn't want to have sex with you anymore because their arousal response knows exactly what's going to happen. Okay? So, there's definite benefits to changing up your orgasmic pattern. And remember, you can always it's it's not even if you start to change it, it doesn't mean that you can't go back to what it was. You'll always have that orgasmic pattern. It'll it's imprinted in you and it's okay and you can revisit it all the time. So, it's okay to let go of it. All right? So, at least once a week, this is what I suggest, okay? Once a week, you decide, all right, I'm gonna work on changing up my orgasmic pattern to allow myself to have new orgasmic pleasure possibilities. And so, you want to change one aspect of that orgasmic pattern. Don't change it all, okay? So, these are the key ingredients. We got what you think about, what your body does, like what your physical body's doing when you're about ready to have an orgasm, like what your positioning is and your location. Those are the main factors. So, oh, and how you're stimulating, whatever you're using for stimulation and how you're stimulating that that part of your genitals, okay? So, if you always use a toy, use your fingers. If you always use your fingers, use a toy. That would be one, one suggestion. If you always lay on your back, lay on your stomach. Change up your fit. Your, change up your positioning, your body position. If you're always in the bedroom, move to a different part of the house. If you're always laying down, try in a different position. Okay, different position, different body position, and different physical position. But only pick one of them. Don't do them all at the same time. Do one. And give yourself a certain amount of time that you're like, okay, I'm going to explore the pleasure possibilities. You're, there's no orgasm goal. When You're going to let go of the goal of orgasm. You're just going to be like, wow, does, how do I like these new sensations? What part of these new sensations do I enjoy? Okay. Now. Put a time limit on that, so like 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, whatever. When that time is up, you stop and you walk away and you go do something else. If you didn't have an orgasm, don't worry. We're, not, we're not orgasm focused. We're actually just about trying to change the brain patterning of pleasure possibilities, okay? And do not end your session back in your old pattern because otherwise, all that work that you just did is gone now go do something else for a half an hour and then if you want to come back and go whack off how you normally whack off to get off then go for it all right but make sure it's not in that session of when you're trying to do your orgasmic pattern change all right so that's why all the benefits of know thyself you're going to figure out what turns you on what you like you don't like all of the you know improving your spank bank making more sounds being more alive and awake all of this will help you be better in bed now the next chapter that we're going to talk about will be communication how do we share all of these new insights that we've had with others all right until next time, that's it. That's all. You have any stress, any worry, any freaking out, any of those things, come hang out with me at succulentliving.com for all of your coaching needs. I have all sorts of awesome online courses, and you can follow me on all the social media platforms under Guy Morissette. Have a juicy day. May it be filled with adventure and exploration. Mwah. Bye-bye.